Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. As we know, protests have been taking place right across the country in recent weeks over refugees arriving into Ireland. And while some of those protesting have what they feel are genuinely held concerns, others are being accused of using the protest to spread far-right messaging, anti-refugee hatred and racism. So are you concerned about the apparent rise of the far-right in Ireland? Or has it always been here? And is it just people are hearing more from them now? You can text 53106 or email lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Steph Hanlon is from Lakela, which is working to challenge the far right in Ireland, and she joins me now. Uh, good afternoon to you, Steph. Uh, that question we're asking do you think the far right is growing here? Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, unfortunately, you know, we, we do recognise that there is a small, but there is a very real. Um, social movement that is, you know, that is far right, that has emerged in Ireland. Um, you know, it's not necessarily equated with these protests, but wherever these protests are, uh, the far right is just behind or in front. But the protests aren't just made up of um, of the consolidated far right. I think, as you mentioned, it is important to recognise that there are ordinary people uh, participating in the protests and an even larger section of people um, in working class communities who are sympathetic to the protests. But, you know, the, the root the root issue here is that we are living through a period of crisis. Uh, we speak the language of crisis, the cri- crisis in housing, in health care, in the cost of living. And, and with this crisis, you know, fear um, and inequality provide fertile breeding ground mm. for misinformation. OK, sometimes, Steph, people are afraid to uh, ask questions and feel it's glaringly obvious. So if we have people listening who aren't really sure what you mean when you say you're trying to challenge the far right. What to you defines the far right? Well, for us, um, you know, I suppose the far right can refer to refer to quite a large kind of, um, you know, umbrella group of people. But I think particularly like um, people who have issues around LGBTQ rights, um, people who would be kind of staunch conservatives in relation to women's rights, and uh, we are seeing a lot of racism. Uh, a lot of the organisers behind the far-right protests are the same. Uh, they're well-known individuals that we, we would have met during you know, progressive social movements like marriage equality and, and repeal. And these are the people that were threatening and intimidating women and LGBTQ people. Um, you know, Lakela is a cross-civil society uh, alliance of trade unions, community groups, uh, leading LGBTQ and women's rights groups. Uh, housing gri- housing groups and disability uh, groups. But these are the people that have campaigned for years and years uh, for better services and housing in Ireland. Okay. And they've been leading that fight, you know, and just those groups, you know, they're not involved in these protests because they know that the root cause of the problems uh, besetting the country are not caused by refugees or immigrants. Dermot is also with us in Dublin. Afternoon to you, Dermot. Are you worried, like Steph, about these so-called far-right groups? Uh, yes, very much. And I mean, I would agree with with, with the points that Steph uh, has made. Uh, just to add to them, they, they, the, the groups themselves, a lot of them are aligning up with sort of British far-right groups. They, uh, you know, the, the Irish Freedom Party is led by Herman Kelly, who has worked for Nigel Farage. Uh, and they also link up with other, you know, so-called patriot groups that traditionally would have been very anti-Irish, and yet now they're they're aligning with them. 
Uh, I think that we need to see this rise like a, a canary in the coal mine. These things take a number of years to grow, and they're dangerous groups. And as Steph said, but when when we were protesting for sort of progressive movements and for uh, uh, you, these people were against them, that, that they're not. They, they're pretending to, to to be there to help the working class, but they're not. They never did anything before for them. Mm. Um, they're against. Uh, uh, sort of ideas like social welfare or civil rights, so, so they, it, it's sad to see people being fooled by them, and they're blaming you know the migrants for the housing and health crisis. But these issues have been with us for years, and it's the migrant workers working in the health service that that, that are providing the backbone of it now. Mm. Uh, but are, so are people not allowed? ask questions or raise concerns about, for example, refugees coming to an area and maybe they feel that the doctor's surgery is going to be booked up now or that there won't be school places for children. Are people not allowed to ask questions or have genuinely held concerns without being branded far right straight away? Absolutely. And the the, the problem is, is that those people are being exploited by the far right where there, you know, there are genuine questions where you might say, you know, why are are, are groups from from you know regions that aren't at war could come into the country? You can ask those questions, but that's not what these groups are about. You know, they're about exploiting those concerns to raise their own their own profiles. And you know, at the protests last Saturday, you know, the signs that were being used and the shouting was, you know, phrases like invasion and military-aged men coming in, or the great replacement theory, which is Herman Kelly's uh, phrase. Uh, and, you know, they all are, are building up, a, 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 a trying to separate groups and, and getting to blame, so that, you know, getting the working class to blame the others, whether those others are immigrants or black people or Jews or Muslims. It's always another group. And, and we need to be very, very careful about that and, and to consider our own history of emigration, you know, yeah. and, and we're all over the world and how well we've done from that. And, and it's a little hypocritical to be blaming others who might want to move too. OK, Christine is in Mullingar. Are you worried about the rise of the far right that we've been talking about? Um, absolutely. Um, as a person of colour, um, I'm often receiving like online abuse from some party members of either the Nationalist Party or the Irish Freedom Party. And last um, Saturday, I actually attended um, the Lakela protest. Okay, um, I, I don't want names that. named here now, Christine, please. And obviously, you know, people uh, may be members, but that doesn't mean that's reflective of an entire party. So if you wouldn't mind not yeah. naming whatever you're about oh, to say. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't saying that I was... <laughs> I just was saying that uh, I have received online abuse from party members of those um, those parties and that I attended the Lakela protests um, on Saturday outside the Shelburne Hotel and um, this was like the largest I've seen of um, the far right and they all had different posters um, either blaming politicians uh, or saying that you know having racist uh, slogans on them as well and Another fear of mine is that they, they usually use um, their phones to video camera uh, counter-protesters and they either uh, put those on social media or they put it in Telegram and kind of to dox people. So if you are um, you know, organizing on the left or the working class or 
if you if you attended um, any of the counter demos, um, you know your name or not even your name, sorry, your pictures um, and videos of you are kind of distributed to other far right members, and we've actually seen that far right uh, protesters have been aside politicians' homes. Um, a lot of politicians have had to pay for increased security, um, and particularly. Um, one politician in, in Leitrim, I think, had to move house because of the abuse that he was, he received from far-right people and, you know, his family was targeted as well. Mm. So that, innocent people are... Yeah, that word you use, yeah. doxing, um, in case people yeah. don't know what that means. Yeah, so doxing is either revealing where somebody lives or revealing their name, their identity, and then other people will know... Um, you know, who this person is yes. and they might go to somebody's house or okay. they might, you know, approach somebody on the street. Uh, Steph, just to ask you, John texted in to say the far right is growing increasingly all over Europe. Why should Ireland be any different? Uh, some people might wonder, is this just not the way things are now? And maybe in a democracy, do we not need to hear views from everybody? Well, I suppose when we're talking about views from everyone, I mean, we completely welcome dialogue. We welcome conversation. And, you know, people have very genuine grievances and very genuine concerns and anger. Really, I mean, a lot of this does tie down to the question of, you know, feeling powerless and feeling disenfranchised. Ireland, uh, historically, we are a country of outward migration. Uh, we're also a country that in the last 10 years, we have achieved a lot of very progressive social change. And what we see with the far right, it's very reactionary. It is reactionary and the same kind of fundamentalist groups around that time are really kind of consolidating and coming together. But this is something that's happening uh, across Europe. And I think that's why we need to be exceptionally careful. Okay. I think as German said, it's the it's the canary in the coal mine. But one of one of the big things is as part you know, as part of a democracy, we de- we do need to look at um at exactly why why this is happening. You know, these problems, like I said, they're a result of deliberate government policy over many years. And if you look at the height of social movements, people really felt like they had the power to come together, to campaign and to change, you know, to change government policy. Whereas now it is a lot easier to vent your anger and frustration at people when you have certain people pointing the fingers mm. and, and creating very, very uh, convenient scapegoats. All right. Uh, Ellen in Dublin. Ellen, uh, particularly there are have been over recent weeks protests about refugees. What have you made of these protests? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like sort of suggestive of something that's very concerning. Like I, I want to second everything that, that Seth is saying as well and say that uh, I think that it's, it's, it's not what I'm like reaching to do to try to sympathize with some of the people who have said some terrible stuff online. But one thing I would like to say is a lot of the concerns that people are mentioning um, are directed at groups like refugees. When I think the actual concerns that people have uh, are understandable, economic concerns, concerns about like, uh, you mentioned earlier about doctors in an area, things like that. But these are the idea of directing the ire of these concerns at refugees is totally misguided. And I think very unlikely to help those groups of people with their, like, occasionally very legitimate concerns and I think it just serves to separate communities from each other like the people who live in these areas 
both refugees and the people campaigning against refugees, ironically, are part of the same group needing the same uh, local services and uh, needing to, you know, work together to get what they need mm. from government policy. And I think I second, again, what Steph said about, about the fact that what we need is to come together to demand what we need as a community all together from government yeah. policy. So you go to these welcome rallies. So so you sort of think, well, there are problems. The problems aren't to do with the refugees. So yes, we need to sort the problems, but also yeah. welcome the refugees. Absolutely. I mean, it's built into our cultural history. I mean, we're famously well known for our hospitality and also for emigrating and uh, immigrating into different countries. So I think it's, it's kind of, in a sense, somewhat laughable to see people sort of make the suggestion that this is not a part of the very core of Irish culture to welcome people uh, into our homes and our communities, to offer hospitality, to offer support to the people who most need it in the entire world. I think it's something absolutely beautiful about our nation is that we are willing to do that, that we are supportive of people in their in their hardest times. Right. It's, it's, it's an incredibly important part of, of what we do. Okay, uh, Dermot, uh, you're still with us. I mean, we're hearing those several calls there, four or five calls. You're all in agreement. I'm wondering, do you ever worry that you feel like you're living in a bubble where you talk to people who feel the exact same as you and maybe people on the far right live in a bubble where they yeah. talk to the same people who think the same things as they do. Do you wonder about what are the people in the middle thinking? Yeah, well... I think that's a good point, and social media and the algorithms are very much lead to that because you know I get fed stuff that you know where people agree with me, you know, but, but and, and the same is on the other side. There is a danger because you you guess you think everyone thinks thinks like you do, and 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 getting a you know it's a good idea to get a mix of views, uh, and but the question about the people in the middle, well, that's answered so far in our general election. So far, we're doing well when these people run. You know, they get no support, but we do need to look across Europe and see what has happened, see, you know, how did support for Brexit come about? How did, you know, these, you know, they, they start on social media, they tell lies, it gets built, built up. So it just is a thing to worry about and to watch out for. But so far, the people of Ireland, the way we voted has shown that we're, we're, we're not interested in, in their sort of policy. Yeah, uh, Alex texts in, Steph, to say the open borders agenda of some of the left is as flawed as the anti-immigrant stance of the far right. That's from Alex. Do you accept that point that there's people in the middle who aren't in your bubble, they're not in the far right bubble, and they're trying to work out what to think? Um, well, I disagree when it comes to... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're OK. Go on, Steph. We want to hear from you. Yep. Oh, um I disagree when it comes to the question of, you know, uh, uh, supposed open borders. My area is in citizenship, immigration and asylum, uh, law and policy. And Ireland um, doesn't sign up to the European um, directive on reception. So it's one of three countries that don't as a European member state. As a result, you know, Ireland actually has quite strict conditions about accepting accepting people. And we historically have very, very strict, especially in the last 20 years, very, very strict um uh, regulations in relation to accepting international protection applicants. And we see that with the severe criticism of direct provision as unfit for purpose. So, you know, this is one of those arguments as well that is put out the question of open borders and people taking advantage of our borders. But in reality, Ireland is definitely on the stricter level. But as was mentioned by the other speakers, we have the highest population of people who are living overseas. 
So, okay. you know, there's a huge level of kind of, you know, contradictory, uh, you know, stances here. Yeah. Um, but could I just mention one thing in relation to being in our own bubbles? Um, this was something that I found so heartening. And I think a lot of the housing for all, or sorry, the, the, the uh, for all groups are, are feeling. We were in Waterford. We had a fantastic protest. You know, over 100 people came out, you know, in solidarity. And the amount of people that were walking up to us, you know, people with boogies, people out for on a Saturday, you know, to go for lunch, came up to us and to say, thank you so much. It's great to see people doing something about this. We completely agree with you and support you. And we were afraid to speak out beforehand because the other people sound really angry and they sound, you know, like they sound like they could, you know, intimidate you, where it's great to see a colourful, vibrant, diverse group of people coming together. Okay. So, um, I mean, yeah. that, like, it, it's off social media in that, in that aspect. All right. Well, 53106 is the number for your text. We'd love to hear from you. Someone text in to say, protesting groups aren't against genuine refugees. We protest against the thousands of undocumented men coming into the country. We've no idea of the history or if they've criminal records. When 300 of these men are put into a building near uh, all the commentators say they'll have a different opinion. What's your view on the point that it's mainly working class areas? Plenty of buildings in the more affluent areas too no refugees or immigrants put into these areas. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.